Hello, and welcome back to my TCK podcast where we answer the ridiculous questions like, where are you from? Birthday greetings were numerous and incredible. I'm 45 as of Tuesday, the 20th of June. Happy birthday to me. Thank you for joining my Immigrant Heritage Month celebration with some very, very special young people. I was their group leader at an international church in Chunan, South Korea, back in 2021 and 22 before coming here to Turkey. Uh, it was supposed to be three of them and my co-host, Rachel, for the night, but Lou missed his train somewhere near Seoul, and he could only join us at the very end. There was just too much amazing material. It was a wonderful time together. It went on forever. In fact, the second part went on for seven hours. <laughs> seven hours. But I've whittled it down to some manageable bits to fit into your busy schedule. Enjoy. This is a bit of a reunion as the five of us were all together at the beach, Daechun Beach, for a retreat and I stayed up with three of them who grew up as children of immigrants until the wee hours of the morning, talking and laughing and making bonds that would last a lifetime. All of them are forever my brothers and sisters, and it is an utter glee to share them with the world and on this podcast. Listen in on our chaos and our lively discussion around being TCKs and some past interactions and their current lives sprinkled into the conversation. I, I stopped because I was looking at my notes. B, I was looking at my notes. <laughs> anyway. Okay, sir. So um so you left the the poor folks there in Chunan. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah moved, I got upgraded. And you moved uptown to uh to Seoul, is that right? Yep. I'm a soul girl now. You're a soul girl now. Um what are you doing in Seoul? Still teaching. Unfortunately. No. You don't want it? Okay. <laughs> should write a book, B. And then you don't have to teach anymore. <laughs> write a book? Yeah, you're a better writer than I am. You've never seen me write anything. Yes, I have. I've seen your replies. I've seen I've seen you guys. I've seen your lives. I know you guys. <laughs> that is not the same as writing a book that's longer than three pages you wrote some very eloquent responses to people's questions and 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 i'm telling you you should write a book mike sullivan go away so um abby how are you you look sleepy 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was your day? I, I, um, good. I spent it alone. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> good. Okay. Is that not typical? Like, the way well, you, you said were... it with your tone. Yeah. Uh, I usually well, she was people. She wasn't alone last night. Hey. <laughs> right? Yeah. I usually yeah. am with people. So today, actually, there are times when I need to be alone a lot. But then, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I need it. But then there are times when I don't want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everyone else. This weekend's been pretty be- packed with events and apples. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Be, it's been good. Be you're kind of a loner type, right? Yeah, she is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. I have a hard time tracking you down. I'm not a loner. It's like, where's so. B? Can I mean, please? I like people. <laughs> like, over there. Like, there. Yeah. And then yes. I want to be able to be like, okay, I'm done. Let me go. Like, I like, I really do like people. It's just, I have to, like, I have to choose. They have to be to my own choosing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I need time limit. Like, okay, tw- okay, I'm done. I've overpeopled. Can I leave now? B, um, do you remember the first time I met you? I want to say we met at church. That's a, I- that's a fair, fair assessment. But I would be lying if I tell you I remember exactly the first no, minute. I, I, I do remember the first words we shared. Stop it. No, Stop no, I do. I, this is kind of a weird thing. And, and some of my other colleagues in the teaching profession get intimidated that I can remember these things. It's like, Mike, how do you remember these things? Share it. Share it. Anyway, your baptism on Pentecost Sunday. Oh. Yep. And, and what, did um, you, what, was, what were the words? You really didn't seem very interested in talking to me at all. That's what I remember. <laughs> our first meeting. <laughs> I remember. I remember. It was just like, oh, this is really neat to be able to share this with you, and you're just like, get away from me. <laughs> anyway, that was that was the feeling I got from you. <laughs> oh, not what she said. Okay, I thought she said that. I was like, no, I would I never say like, that, even I if was I was like this, thinking it. I was like, this girl is not impressed with me at all. I feel very I, unimpressive, so I'm going to walk <laughs> away from you. Okay, yep. so here's the thing. I don't remember a lot of things. Like, I don't know. I was in a conversation yeah, last I don't week. care, obviously. And then people I'm... remind me things. And then when they tell me, I'll remember. Even this is not even coming to memory, even after oh, you okay. said it. Yeah, so it I'm was sorry, really un- but... unforgettable. <laughs> unforgettable meeting. And you but still chose to be my friend. It is. Um, and one more, one more memory. Um, and that's our moment we had there eating. Uh, what's that soup called? The one that you you know how you can never go eat with us because we're eating meat or whatever yeah uh so what's Shabu that Shabu. place no what's that place that i would eat that you would eat at over by the on the road away from the kimbap church nara? yeah no, yes no 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 okay is it, is it kimbap nara yeah and then yeah. and then we we ate what's that soup called Wait, yeah 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 that's it Okay, yeah, I remember that, was, that. that was, I think, the first, uh, I think, good conversation we had. And then I discovered that, was that like you were. like four years later after our first meeting. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's because you came back because you weren't there. Oh, yeah. So I, I actually, I got to know you after. I never knew you Yeah, because that was, which is what's so interesting to me because I, That's why I knew you from my first time in Korea. But yeah. we were never 
in in dialogue together. So you saying you remembered my baptism was just like because I don't remember ever being in like close proximity to you. But yeah, it was after I came yeah. back and I was like, and then you were in the young adult group and okay, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I do remember Kimba Panara. Yep, that's <laughs> indeed. And then that's also when I discovered your TCK. Abby, when did when did we when did we first meet? When what was our first conversation? I think I remember actually I think I just saw the first day that I was in it was the first day I went to church. October first. Yeah. Whoa, you remember. The only reason I remember is because I saw the date that I came in. Um Pastor Dino you know, gave me a list and I kinda saw when I first came in. But that right. day Pastor Vino was like, oh, uh, we have like um, the young adults and the young adults leader, you know, he'll come say hi to you. And then as church is over, next thing you know, there's <laughs> tall American dude next to me, assuming that's what I was assuming. And I was like, why is, I was like, he is so different. Yeah. But yeah. I, I remember him inviting me to lunch and that's where it all started for me. You seem quite awkward, I guess, because I was a woman and it was like, oh, it was yeah, like, you know. I was pretty hesitant um, to talk to single ladies. I think all the single ladies <laughs> anyway um, at church. So I just didn't want to come off as anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, now I don't care. I don't care what they think. I just <laughs> people think whatever they want. <laughs> He'll talk to all the single ladies. I'll just talk to all the single ladies. <laughs> all the single ladies. I just talk to random single ladies walking everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, now I'm just inundated with single ladies because I teach 19, 18, 19 year olds, obviously at, yeah, at a university. True. So to the, to a similar effect in, in many ways, I certainly want to keep that trust with them and be a, a great role model. We're both we're both ENFP, right? Abby? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm ENFP. Yeah, we're ENFPs together. Even but those there's... change, and those can be across <laughs> zodiac signs, age, perfect for a podcast. race, ethnicity, <laughs> because I'm not getting people are like, what's your, the, yes, what is MBT? I'm like, I, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you're not I. How are you going to tell me what? Shut up. <laughs> See, this is why I don't want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> And, why don't hang around people? <laughs> being high strong, they assume you're extroverted. That's not the definition of extroversion. Okay, sit down. Let me educate you. Yes. Bye. Um, what's your MBT there, uh, Rachel? I think it's INTJ. I sometimes. I always forget. Yeah, I'm definitely an I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if someone put me next to Rachel they would deny me being introverted because Rachel is soft-spoken and I'm not soft-spoken. Right. No, it's very true. <laughs> and and it goes from culture to culture. I mean, you have right. certain cultures where you need to be heard or you grow up in certain families where you need to be heard. So you're more outspoken <laughs> naturally. So there's there's a lot of reasons or there's or a lot of aspects. you're soft-spoken even though you're an E like me. Because yeah, because exactly because right. You need to be less heard. Because it doesn't have to do with the tone of what you're saying. Right. It's, it's all about where you derive energy from and your interaction level. Yeah, and social yeah. settings and what right. expectations you have of the conversation. Check on Lou here. 
Mm-hmm. Like people think if you are introverted means you're shy and you're socially awkward. And I'm none of those things. Like I can socialize if I have to. I choose yeah. not to. Yeah. <laughs> like more than not. So <laughs> Yeah. And I so, don't need people to entertain me. Like I can be here and entertain myself and be happy. Abby, I have one more story. Abby, uh, we're close, right? I would say so. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah, we are close. close. Okay. Abby, we're close. We're Abby, we're close. Um, <laughs> right, and, uh, right. Yeah, we're we're twins in, in many ways, and, and that's been great. Um, but you're probably the witness to the most racist thing I've ever said to a Hispanic person. <laughs> You've uh-huh. ever said to probably the most racist thing i've ever said to a hispanic person and um and i i don't know i don't know what came to my my racist white brain or whatever but i just said well what were you doing cutting his lawns (laughs) you said mowing mowing his lawn mowing mowing his lawn what were you doing mowing his lawn (laughs) mike sullivan yeah you know (laughs) I mean, you guys, if you guys wow, could so see it, it is true. Anyone is capable of being racist. What I was trying to think of was just some mundane, stupid job that doesn't require yeah, any like skills. A- and that's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> and I didn't put the two together. And this has been a problem my whole life as a TCK, as somebody who grew up outside of America and then came in. And when I was in the Navy, I used to say outrageous things. Abby, what were you actually doing at this place? Uh, I was just, I was like, it's just, I wasn't doing any of that. I was just. <laughs> oh, like, you weren't mowing lawns, really, Abby? Really? No. You can't even tell your job description? It's just child care. I can't say anything. It's just child care. Kind of like yeah. child care. Your NDA didn't expire yet? Yes, it expired, but it's a very like a special case. Because I personally, as a parent, wouldn't want it to go out, you know? I want to know. This is my first time hearing this. I just thought you did something with like behavioral, like field and all that before coming to Korea. You can't get any more prominent. Like, I'm sorry. There's not a, there's not too many people in this world that are more prominent than them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite crazy. I, I think Lou was present that day too. So it would have been nice to hear his point of view. Actually, that was like, that was the first time I had met Lou. Does Lou react to things like that, though? Well, Lou is also the one that knows me the most, and so that's why he was taken aback. He was just like, "Yeah, that's that is not the way Mike thinks." So, yeah, that was yeah, that was our, my first time meeting him. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about TCK stuff. I'm sure Lou is probably like going to be walking into the door sweating at some point. Rachel, if you think of a great question, go ahead and ask too. And by the way, everybody, Rachel Sherbert, right? Yes. Rachel Sherbert, Sweet Home Alabama. She is not a TCK, um, not at all, and it's awesome. <laughs> In fact, I got to say this about Rachel before we get into this because Rachel and many other people who. Like I said, kind of. Well, Rachel, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, Anston, Alabama. 
Yeah. Uh, your whole life, right? Most of the time. I, I moved when I was six to Oxford. Um, so, but, but same area. Yeah. So basically same area your whole life. And I think it's a really huge deal that you, you know, packed your stuff up and moved yeah. to Korea uh, and you're not in love with BTS, um, but you're still here with us, you know, in, in Korea, not with us. I'm not in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I was there with you in Korea with right now. My heart is definitely there with you guys. You guys mean a lot. Wait, I have a question. You never asked Rachel how you met her. That's a good question. I think you introduced yourself to me at church one Sunday. Oh. And, but I don't remember that so much. I remember. I remember. Oh, you do? <laughs> My Go more ahead. memorable meeting of you, though, was at the Pentecost Sunday at the beach. Because I had to yeah. ask you about staying with the young adults for the, the cabin overnight thing. I have I have a phobia of white women, and um, uh, I had a, I, I, yeah, I have a phobia, phobia of white women. And, white um, women, yeah. Phobia means fear. Yeah, I know. Anyway, so so when I became the leader of the the young people's group, and Pastor Ravina was like, you know, you gotta say hello to Rachel, you know. Oh no, another white I girl. I had tons of. I had tons of fears. I had so many fears. Yeah, the fact that you got up at the very end to say goodbye to me, to give me the gift, and that's this is why that really that probably means so much to me, is that it was kind of a redeeming factor that you know that me and white girls could still get along. <laughs> uh, in in many ways, uh, the being able for you to have a positive experience around me to to say those things uh, really was affirming for me and, and really important. And, uh, and so you probably didn't know that, um, but that's, that's part of the story. B, B, tell us where you're from. So hi, just kidding. Okay. I was born in Nigeria. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria. And at the age of 15, well, I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and at the age of six, I moved to, uh, I want to say second biggest state, but maybe I'm just lying and I'm just being proud of where my parents are from, Ogun State, which was more rural, and I lived there for nine years, and moved to America at the age of 15, Providence, Rhode Island, went to school in New Hampshire, and now I'm here in South Korea. Abby, go ahead. Where are you from? Um, I am from Florida. I was born and raised in Florida by two Mexican immigrants who came to America. I would say my dad came in early 90s, late 80s, 1980s. Uh, my mom came to America probably early 1990s. Uh, I was born there. I'm the only American citizen born like in the United States from like my family. Oh, As interesting. A, I didn't know that. For my siblings, but then my siblings had children and now I have more. So I'm the I'm the only first gen currently, but then I guess my my nephews would be first gen too. Or no, yeah. I would say they're yeah. I don't know. Actually, how do you define that? Like so I'm not any gen then, like because I moved to like is first gen based on 
being born in the country then? Is that how it's determined? Aha. Yeah. So right now, no one in my family is second generation. We're all first generations, right? Except for your parents. Because my yeah, siblings. Your siblings. Yeah, yeah, except for I my think, siblings. Yeah, I, yeah mm-hmm. and I, that's, I agree, B. There's a bit of confusion when it comes to English because it's like, this yeah. was the first generation that moved to America. To and move, like, right. Or I is always the, thought the, the first that started. Right, or is it the first. first generation born in America? Yeah. yeah, I think we all get confused on, on who's first. E, I have a question for you. <laughs> who's first? So I'm not familiar with Nigeria and like their language. Did you already know English when you lived in Nigeria or did you learn when you moved? Yeah, Nigeria is colonized by the British, unfortunately. So if you like were to Google or go to Nigeria, it's the official language of doing business, government going to school. Like even in schools, we're not allowed to speak our native tongue. We would get in trouble. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, English is the official language, but they are like, Three main languages based on, if you look at the map of Nigeria, there are two rivers flowing that form a Y and that kind of divided the country into like North, West and East. And each three regions have three main languages, but there are over 200 dialects. And I was told Mm. Texas is bigger than Nigeria. So just imagine that over Mm. 200 dialects being spoken in a space. Just, yeah, it blows my mind because I don't even understand it. I only speak one. Have we mm. ever heard you speak your local dialect? Probably like maybe passing by in front of you while I'm on the phone with my mom, oh. Yoruba. But you, you probably don't catch it because it's often hard to find anyone who speaks any of the native languages without intersecting with English language in between mm-hmm. English words. Yeah, yeah I, I, I try to challenge myself. I said one day I'm going to make a video trying to speak in my language without using English, which... Ooh, yeah, it's really hard. That's interesting. (laughs) This is funny because in my contract as a teacher now, (laughs) English should be my native language, like my first language spoken, Uh, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't. Spanish was my first language I spoke. And that's why I grew up with until until I went to kindergarten. And in kindergarten was when I started learning English. But, um, I was one of those kids who had to have like TESOL. I don't know because mm-hmm. I I was behind in learning English. I had to take TESOL in America. <laughs> yeah, because all, all I spoke was Spanish. But now it's shifted. Now, as a grown up, as an adult, I pref- obviously I'm, I am more comfortable speaking in English than Spanish. Because my dad is college educated, well, Nigerian college educated, he spoke English like just fine. My mom, on the other hand, did not speak English all my life growing up in Nigeria. She had no need for it. I grew up speaking both languages like together. So like when people ask me like, what's my first language? Like I learned both at the same time. And like, I went to school at the age of two. So I was already, even if I didn't speak before going to school, I started English at the age of two if you wanted to gauge about that. And so, yeah, yeah they, I know both of them equally. The same way I can explain to things to English learners, I can explain to them in Yoruba as well, just because I know the language. I just can't explain the rule to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just have trouble mm-hmm. saying some words in English because of my, maybe the way my throat developed or my tongue or something like things with like silent H's. I have difficulty saying them. And my old students never realized this because they're not English speakers. So I teach at a private school now. And those students tend to call me out like, 
teacher. Be teacher, you just called him Arrow. Then I'm like, you know what I was trying to say. So leave me alone. Yeah. Um, so what? like it's saying things like Harold or home. How like the uh, silent H's. I tend oh, to drop it. House. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I moved to Rhode Island and I was be speaking to I played basketball after school mm-hmm. and I'll say, Oh, I'm going home. I'm going home. And they're like, Where are you going? I'm like, I'm going <laughs> like I have to like uh, put effort into it to say it because we, we yeah because we dropped it in like in nigeria it's, yeah because the other it. language affects how you say english yeah. words so that was the biggest it's, one for me and i'm still very conscious about it now. at least you drop letters i add letters like what like, <laughs> rachel's favorite word that i say is i instead of saying pizza i say pizza <laughs> <laughs> Pizza. Let's awesome. get some pizza. It's like a. That's, I guess my parents say it like that, so I just grew up like that. You say it on purpose. No, it's just it just comes out naturally. It oh, just comes wow. out. I can't like Pe- like out like I'll be like yeah let's have pizza and it's just like it's see it's just it's natural. Oh, that's more work. I have a question. How would you compare your? Uh, experience like you for abby it's a little different because she was born in america so she it's kind of like her life experience but for you how would you experience coming to america versus coming to south korea interesting enough i didn't have difficulty moving to korea i had more difficulty moving to america and i actually recently made a video comparing like my the cultures that have made me who i am so i did comparison between korea America and Nigeria. Nigeria and Korea are quite similar in terms of like being a collectivistic culture, like community based in that way, even though I look nothing like the people that live here. But the behavior is very similar. Saving face, hierarchy, title when you call people's name, knowing their age in order to address them because you can't just call them you because there is no you in the language. That was very familiar. Like I did not have cultural shock. But it also helped that I did go to America before coming here because before going to America, I had never been exposed to different cultures outside of Nigerian diverse cultures. Yes, I was. But like I met an Indian person. I met a Chinese person, a Peruvian friend, a Hmong girl, like before I met Lou. Like, so that was my first exposure to like diversity. And that did teach me a lot of things. So like when I encountered Koreans who were shocked by my existence, I'm like, why do you not have Google? Because to me, like I had to do a lot of my learning on Google. Like if I come across someone who said something or I heard something, I write it down and I go on Google to try and learn about it because I wanted to understand. So it was really the harder part was not being able to understand people and people not understanding me, even though I spoke English, you were asking me. I did speak English before moving to America. Unfortunately, I had to stay back in high school for three years because I told you I started school at two. I graduated at 15. But I couldn't go to school in America because I wasn't a citizen right away, so I can't qualify for scholarships. So they made me stay back for three years. I didn't understand my teachers. I felt like I needed subtitles whenever I was listening to them. And they didn't understand me. They told me I spoke too fast. And students would tell me, are you speaking African language? I'm like, no, I'm speaking English. I had to take ESL with kids who were fresh off the boat from Puerto Rico and Dominican Republic. (laughs) 
they do not speak a word of English. And I was sitting there like, what am I doing here wasting my life away? Yes. So that was hard. Like that was the harder part. And then on the surface was like temperature. Rhode Island is so frigid, like with winter. Like yeah. our very first winter we experienced, we all ran out like, oh my gosh, mom, look at this thing on the floor and on the ground and all that. And then after like an hour, I'm like, okay, can you leave now? We don't want it. So those were like the hardest adjustment. But a part of me, part of it helped me adjust to Korea where like by the time I got here, I wasn't looking at them like they weren't humans because I'd already known that there were such a people as Korean people living in America. And it, there was, it wasn't hard adjusting to the culture because like I said, very similar, even though we don't look anything alike and they would not want to see me as a brother, the ones who are racist at heart, but we are very similar in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I've actually, I was insulted more in America than I've been insulted here also. Wow. Like, obviously, like, when people see me, they're like, well, Africa, Saram, and but that's all they say, or what they say to everyone, like, go back to your country and all that. But, like, in America, like, yeah, I was told, like, oh, where did you come from? Like, do you even speak English? Go back to Africa by people who looked like me. People who mm. looked like me. So it wasn't, yeah. I didn't experience it from Caucasians, not in my experience. So I was like, oh, okay. And so that's why earlier when we were talking about the first generation thing, Mike, where I'm like, mm. okay, so, because when I went to college, I was first generation college graduate. Even though my dad was college educated, he never properly like finished school in Nigeria because he was raising a family and he was trying to go to school. Even he tried in America. So like when I went to college, I was called first gen. So I'm like, okay, so am I first-gen American? And so when you were talking about naming, that was another thing I had difficulty with. Like, I'm African. So on paper, I am African-American because I was naturalized. But Black Americans are African-Americans? But are they African-American? Am I African-American? Yeah, like, Mm. oh, they're Black. They're Black, but I am Black. Like, but I'm not Black. Yeah. That, like, whoa, so confusing. So yeah. when people ask me, I'm just like, I'm an MBA. I'm Nigerian-born American. Or if I just want to keep it simple, I'll say I'm Nigerian-American. That's all we have time for. As you all can hear, I'm rich. I'm blessed to have these folks in my life for a very long time. Lou eventually shows up later to hang out with us for a few minutes but he will not be formally introduced on the podcast until the second release of this Immigrant Heritage Month doubleheader. Look forward to meeting my Hmong brother. In our next episode, we listen to how each of them end up in the United States, their families, emigration history. It is vastly in different ways for all three of them. It's one of my personal favorite stories from this segment because it's a beautiful picture of modern America and the impact immigrants have on the future of our country. If these four are the future of my country, we are headed in a wonderful direction. Don't forget my book. In the show notes is my website and uh, my Linktree link where you can contact me on any social media platform. I'd love it if you popped in on social media and said hello. I've talked to a number of strangers already because of the podcast. The conversations are amazing. 
don't hesitate to reach out. I love the two-way conversation. Take care. Have an amazing weekend. If you are in Turkey, have a super Bayram holiday next week. Until next time. <laughs>